0: like, the dark side of me. It was, like, a, a way I could branch out and try, uh, like, try throwing around ideas and stuff like that about, like, oh, what would it what be like if I liked those kind of things? And, uh, my curiosity, um, and, uh, willingness to adopt things that weren't actually godly, um, came into play. And I'm not saying that, you know, a choker is ungodly or I'm not saying that lingerie is ungodly or I'm not saying that, um, wearing black is ungodly or something like that. But no, it was, it was for me, it was the actual idea of like impurity, impure sex or like, um, tantalizing people, tantalizing men, um, being, um, incredibly attractive and a little bit, um, like, danky. A little bit, like, kind of, like, down and dirty in some ways. But, like, being too unavailable to actually, like, you know, like, you know, not being emotionally available. Or, or holding out on somebody. Or not giving them, um, everything right away. it's kind of, like, you know, just kind of, like, holding the bait above them. Like, you know, just that kind of thing. Gameplay. And... Um, I felt like, I I thought about it for a long time, I remember, and it, it wasn't smart of me to have done that, um, it wasn't wise, it wasn't, it wasn't protecting my heart, and that probably, in essence, led me to do things like, um, have sex before marriage. And... Um, probably led me to idealize or idolize, um, certain, you know, sexy kinds of clothes and stuff like that, that, uh, maybe I didn't always wear in public, but I definitely, I remember being very careful to toe the line of, like, appropriate and not appropriate. And just making sure, but, like, I remember looking back on those clothes that I would wear. And, like, yeah, they weren't immodest, but they weren't exactly modest either. Like, they weren't, yeah, I don't know. It depends on what you think is modest, really. Because, like, I wear leggings all the time now, um, and I don't think it's immodest. I actually had a war with myself for a while, Um, wondering, like, oh, you know, like, Is that immodest? Is it appropriate or not appropriate to wear leggings since it shows, like, it hugs all of you and it shows all of your shape? But, um, I don't think that it's immoral. Um, I, you know, I just don't. Um, I like high-necked shirts and sometimes tank tops, but ones that when you bend over, you don't show the whole world your chest. Um, or sometimes even your belly button, depending. Um, yeah, I think that it's good to dress tastefully, and also, the reason why, like, I wear leggings and things like that is because they are very, very good for sports, walking, activity in general, because, um, well, they don't, you don't get sweaty in them, really. Um, at least not much, and, um, you can wear them a couple times and they won't get stinky, And they're very stretchy, um, and they also kind of, like, they kind of make you look a little more toned than you would in shorts and hold you in more. So, like, if I bounce around and do jumping jacks, jacks, I'd way rather wear leggings than shorts because, especially if I was on TV or, like, recording myself or being seen by people that I, like, wanted to impress, I'd be like, uh, let me just go put on some leggings right now because... I have I have these really cute hurly shorts and I just you know, and, and some you know, there may be one of one or two of you thinking like, Girl, you just need some self confidence. But I'm I'm just telling you right now, like, I don't I ca I'm allowed to let not like parts of myself as much as other parts. And seeing my legs flop up and down in different areas because they have a little extra chub, um it's not attractive to me. Um, I, I prefer the surfer girl beach bod type. Um, that's the type of body that I think is attractive. And, and, you know, I, maybe I sound bitter to some of you. I, I hope not. Um, maybe I am a little bit jaded about that. So I apologize as if I, I mean, this is not meant to be, um, uh, offensive it's not meant to be rude or insulting to anyone um uh so please don't get offended since we're talking about bodies and likes and dislikes and things like that um because everybody is individual and unique and um you know we we all like and typically dislike certain things about ourselves um especially as things in our life get harder Sometimes it's harder to always take perfect care of yourself, like your body. Um as so you kind of let certain things go, like maybe, you know, you just only wash your hair a couple times a week or um, you know, you don't uh scrub the bottoms of your feet, your calluses off, so then your feet don't look as model perfect as they used to or something. You know, they're just little things that slide. As you get more and more busy in life and more responsibilities, so. Well, um, I'm trying to think what else would be a good, good to be on that subject with, with the topic of beauty and sex. Um, this is specifically about women, beauty, and sex, so I think I'm gonna title the podcast that because, um, it is... For the wo- the woman's point of view. And, um, yeah, um, I-, I think it can kind of also contribute to shame during sex because you feel like you have to meet the standard that you are not currently meeting. So then you just, lo- you feel like you look like a slob and that you look unattractive and undesirable no matter what your husband says or maybe your husband isn't that accepting of your body and then you you also don't like it and then it just makes you feel even worse um or you know maybe maybe you do like a lot of your body um but you want to focus on how you look so much during sex that you can't even think about enjoying the sex because you're so focused on posing right and laying right and moaning just right and making, like, you know, all the noises and batting your eyelids and moving your fingers and gripping the pillow and all these things just so you can look like what you think he wants. But let me tell you, if that is you... What your husband wants is for you to be wrapped up in him and enjoying yourself. Enjoying him. Um, so, don't be an actress. Don't be a, bed, a, a, a bed-bound actress. Don't don't turn into someone else when your clothes are off. You know, don't think about... Don't talk about, oh, I'm going to go cook some pizza when we're done with this. Or <laughs> something like that. Or, or gee, you know, like gee, honey, and like, it's, you know, while it's happening, like, gee, honey, we should go watch uh, Mad Max or something like that. And it's just like, okay, that, you know, that there, there's gotta be a s- special sacred space for the marriage bed. And maybe that's another thing that culture doesn't ever tell us about sex is that marriage... The marriage bed is sacred, it is set apart, it's special, and so when you are involved in the act um, and leading up to it and even afterwards, um, the, the time is, is seen as specifically intended to be between the two of you coming together in a special way. And everything else is supposed to be left at the door. Put on the, put you know, put put on the thing for later. You know, like, back burner, I think I'm trying to say. Yeah, put it on the back burner. Um, and then think about your chores later. You know, think about the fact that he was annoying earlier. Put that on, on the back burner. Um, the fact that you didn't feel super happy today. Um, put that on the back burner, um, you know, and then just set, set the mood so that way you two can enjoy the best that you can offer each other and, um, to make it as, as beautiful and special and, um, exciting as you can. Um, and don't forget morals, um, during sex, uh. The culture tries to say that, you know, it's just part of enjoying it when we put on an air of maybe like, um, I don't know, just, just think about like, you know, is sex, is married sex for you stills in, in your mind kind of like a forbidden act because married sex isn't forbidden. Forbidden things are attractive to the world, but as a Christian, forbidden things should stay forbidden for a reason, and the marriage bed is far better than any forbidden thing. It's actually something that reflects the pursuit of Christ, um, you know, and that's, you know, it, it, it's, (laughs) okay, I am getting nervous now, um, (laughs) But it, yeah, that's what it's meant to be. It's supposed to, um, help you to, to communicate in a very physical way because communication is physical as well as spoken. Um, and it can, it can sort of, when you use your body in a sexual way with your husband, I think that it communicates your faithfulness and your devotion to that other person, um, in a way that you can't with just saying, oh, hi, honey, like, you look cute today or, um, gosh, I like, I like you in that shirt or, or those pants or whatever. Um, yeah, it just doesn't communicate the same thing. But when you're in the marriage bed, it's just a different story. Um. So. Yeah, when, I guess I'm, I'm gonna wrap up the podcast here because it's been going on for a few minutes now. And um, but I hope that you've enjoyed everything so far. Um, I think I'm gonna end with just saying that. You no, playing a dress-up in the marriage bed is not wrong. Um, playing a dress-up to be a bimbo, um, like having a one-night stand, is not good. It's not Christ-like. It's, if that's your if that's your God, um, maybe He's not. But if He is your God, then act like it. Um, con- conduct yourself as someone who um, is faithful and loves being faithful, um, which a bimbo is not, um, and, uh, you know, don't be afraid to try things that, you know, maybe you've heard work for, for better sex, like, for instance, some people have never heard of lube, and lube is actually really genuinely helpful for people, uh, most people, not even people who are, like, you know like having trouble having sex um but it's actually very pleasurable and um nice for um just all types of people um so yeah i'm not here to sell you lube though but <laughs> um but i'm just saying like you know there's just try to try to think things through in a reasonable moral way that is just focused on loving and serving your husband because that uh, is, you know, and 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 all while remembering, yes, he is a sinner just like you. Yes, he will fail you. You know, what is what, what do your marriage vows say? Through be- for better and for worse. And you know, when he sins, that's the for worse part. <laughs> um, and when you sin, that's the for worse part that he is has committed to. Um, so keep your vows. Keep your vows sacred and. Keep a speci- them in a special place in your heart and, um, yeah, make sex a regular part of the joy of your life. Um, because you know, it's not long that we're here experiencing this kind of um, beautiful act with the ones that we married, and we don't have, you know, eternity to do that. Um, marriage will be dissolved in one form and get, and brought into another form of um, the completed marriage. So, um, enjoy this as a beautiful gift from God for you to feast on. So, with that, I'm going to end the podcast. Um, please stay tuned for the next episode, which will be coming out maybe... You know, it's it's off and on when I post them, but within the week, I will say, um, I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm going to try to make it something um, exciting and interesting because I can't always talk about fashion and mushrooms. Thanks guys for tuning in. Goodbye.